you and I talk a lot, uh, you know, we, all of our conversations aren't on the mic. Right. Obviously. And I was debating whether to bring this up or not, because you and I talked about it, but that dude from CNN in the New Yorker, um, all that's coming to me is Jeffrey Epstein and that's Jeffrey Tubin. Right. Okay. So if you don't know the story, this guy was on a Zoom call with the with staff from the, the New Yorker and <laughs> somehow thought that he he had his video turned off and started masturbating on camera or started masturbating and like everybody on the Zoom call could see him. And so now he's been suspended from The New Yorker and CNN has taken him off the air too. Did they like give details of how long he, he was like in stroke? I mean, <laughs> was it a minute and a, one of his buddies on the <laughs> meeting called him and said, hey, dude, you're still on camera. Drop the pack. <laughs> no, I mean, from what the story that I read in the article that I read said that he it seemed as though he was on another Zoom call at the same time as the New Yorker Zoom call and that at some point and then like he pointed the camera towards what he was doing and then he went he disconnected from the New Yorker Zoom call uh-huh. and then reconnected and didn't make any mention of anything and acted like nothing happened. And then they were like, hey, well, you know, so from the one article that I read, it seemed like he was probably on a second Zoom call that had a different purpose than the New Yorker call. Right, right. And he thought that he was muted and the video was blocked on the New Yorker call and he wasn't aware that he was, which if that's the case, I mean, you know, it's great that Zoom can handle, (laughs) his computer can handle two Zoom calls at at once, you know, but if you're going to do that, that it seems like you got to be awfully careful about it. Yeah, I mean, you've got to make sure. I mean, I mean, you have to be like, be really, really diligent with that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's you, you're using, you know, live technology. Right. And yeah. That's what happens. I thought when, you know, when you were originally mentioned it, I thought he, he was pulling a more like, uh, wheeze bag move where oh right yeah where there was a person on the like a person part of the meeting and he just wanted to like watch them because it like got him off it's risky and shit and he's like okay when this meeting's happening and this person's talking i'm gonna stroke it right it sounds sounds great in theory but (laughs) but the execution yeah right man the execution yeah yeah well i mean you you didn't even go as bad as the first thing that i thought which was he 
wanted the person he he did it intentionally so the person he was on the zoom call could see him mm-hmm. and that's what i thought i thought it was a, a chris delia situation he's a comedian who it just came out like repeatedly would like give these give these other young comedian these young women comedian comedians rides home okay. or like hitch rides with them and then just like start stroking it in the front seat, just like out of the blue yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like thought that that was okay. And was like surprised when they were, <laughs> when they were like, what the hell's wrong with you? Right. So that's, that's what I thought the I thought the story was going to be. Um, but it, you know, it, <laughs> it's, it's the, I guess it's the most, innocent version that that story could possibly be right. you know i mean the fact that he, he it wasn't intended for that call he was he thought he was doing something else and he you know so in that way it's it's the most innocent interpretation of of a like pretty rid- ridiculous story but the bad thing is that well, I don't know if it's bad or not, but the thing is, like, no matter what this guy does for the rest of his life, this is what he's going to be known as. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's this is him now. I mean, no, no matter the work he did before, this is the Zoom jackoff guy. <laughs> right. And I actually I actually like the guy because I know him because he covers the Supreme Court and he's he he wrote a book about the Supreme Court. He's done a lot of Supreme Court stuff. And I like him and uh, Nina Totenberg, who is the NPR reporter on the Supreme Court. Those two people, if I if I find if I ever see like their reports or read anything that they if they've written anything, I try to read it. But now I'm just going to (laughs) be, you know, especially if he's reporting on some pornography case that comes in front of the court or something right. you know it's just going to yeah. be he, he, nobody's he, he's, is he going to be able to do it with a straight face you know right. <laughs> so so what happens so i mean he's suspended obviously he's you know branded a pervert even though all of us fucking do it constantly so i mean there will be many people on their moral high horses but so how does it play out does he apologize and move on or does he like uh kind of go away i I mean does he disappear or can he like joke about it write it out and go back to it i don't know um because it's I mean, are there victims here? I, I guess, I mean, the people who saw him on the call, of course, right. like, don't want to see that shit. Right. But it wasn't like an intentional assault. Right. You yeah, know, I mean, it, was, it had to have been fucking funny. It had to have been <laughs> it, hilarious. <laughs> I'm sure, like, I'm sure everybody on the call at once, just like their mouth dropped open right. and like they just like covered their mouth or they were like, just like... Might- like what the hell's going on? Like it might have been playing out like a bad horror movie where you're like, "Don't get into the car, don't get into the car," and but in this case, it's like, "Oh, don't go to your pants." No, no, don't pull it out. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, 
I, if CNN puts him back on or the New Yorker lets him write more, is it, I, who's going to, who, and it wasn't on air, you know, it's not right. like the public saw anything. So it's, it's almost, who's going to complain about it? You know, they're just, I, I don't know. It, it, um, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think he's going to be around or I, I think he's going to lay low for a while and maybe after like the first of the year, he's going to reemerge and they're just going to act like nothing happened. Right. I think if he plays his cards right, he, he can get away with it. I mean, yeah. I mean, his passive, like, it's not like a Tom Brenneman. I mean, he right. didn't pull a Tom Brenneman. Um, right. No, his mistake was, was being careless with right. technology. I mean, he didn't hurt people. I mean, people, people on the um, call might've been offended. I would question their, their humor level. Cause that, <laughs> that, that is fucking comedy gold. I think. Um, so yeah, I think, no, I think he can get past it if he is smart about it. I mean, like, but far be it for for me to tell you how he gets around this, but <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Well, you you did mention a good point that whenever he's he's on TV now, he better have both those hands on top of the oh, desk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, viewers are going to want to know where his hands right. are all the time. You have to have like like jazz hands kind of. Man, Jeffrey Tubin's so excited yeah, about the like, Supreme Court all the time. Right. What got in this guy? <laughs> Jazz hands. <laughs> Better than jizz hands. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Oh man. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I mean, I I I he's he's mostly respected too, you know. And so I think it's gonna be I think he's probably gonna make a comeback, but no pun intended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll just we'll we'll wait and see. Um. Oh my gosh. Well, that we when we talked about that, um, I mentioned that Johnny Carson, that he would have his hand his hands under his desk like Johnny Carson, and back in, um like the seventies. I don't know if it went into the eighties, but I know into the seventies, if you watch old episodes of the tonight show, Mm -hmm. Johnny Carson will have one hand on top of the desk and one hand under the desk. Mm -hmm. And if Jeffrey Tubin is doing it, you think it's one thing, but Johnny Carson was just smoking a cigarette. Right. So he would, he would hold the lit cigarette under the desk. And I mean, how, how bad is your smoking habit that you have to smoke during the show? Right. <laughs> you know? So when did he puff? I think he puffed when a guest was talking okay. because then he would know that the camera was on the guest. Do you think that he like made that part of the show? Like you told the, the cameraman, you no, uh, you have to be on the guest like 
five times every 45 seconds. I have oh, to I, drag. Yeah, I don't think it was that. I, I, it would be interesting to talk to people who watched it back then because I kind of got the feeling that probably everybody knew what was going on, but he still didn't because there were times that that you would see him smoke. Like right. if there was a if there was an unexpected camera, because that's how I knew. Like I, I, you know, I at some point I saw him smoke, or I saw cigarette smoke coming up from the desk, or something. You know, so right. it wasn't it wasn't you know it wasn't like he's hiding a crack habit or something. Right. You know? So it wasn't it wasn't that secretive, but and you know probably just knowing how the cameras work and the back and forth of guests and everything he, you know, doing it for so many years, he probably had a good idea of when he could do it and when he shouldn't. Right. Um, you would never see anybody smoking on TV like that. Can you imagine Jimmy Fallon just smoking on TV? Right. It just, it, it wouldn't happen today, but I, I don't know. They, it does remind me back when we were kids and kids and teenagers and, um, Jim Leland was the manager of the pirates. Yes. And he smoked in the dugout. Right. During games. And every once in a while they would, they would get, they would catch a, they would catch him on camera. And I vividly remember him like sitting on the bench with like one foot on the bench and kind of leaning to the side with a cigarette in his, in between his two fingers. And I mean, nobody stopped him, you know, I don't know if he kept it up when he went to Detroit in like the early two thousands or not, but I know he did it in Pittsburgh and I know he did it in Florida in, in like 97 and 98. So, yeah, I know I would think by the time he was managing the tigers, they probably told him to quit. Yeah. Well, that was around the time, I think, wasn't it? When like all the steroid stuff was coming out. Right. So they probably wanted to keep things as tight as they could. Right. Um, yeah. Cause he, he took over for the Tigers in 2006 and, um, that was right at the end of the steroid era. So right, that's when they went to the world series, right? Yeah, they went to the World Series his first year, and and also uh, in 2012 the Tigers. Oh, so yeah. they lost in 2012 to the Giants, and in yeah. 2006 to the okay. Cardinals. Yeah. Oh God, that. No, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But that is that Cardinals Tigers World Series was the worst World Series I've ever witnessed. Was it? it oh, it was. Fucking hot garbage. The play was terrible. The defense was terrible. The hitting was it. It, it was just a shitty World Series. Oh yeah, Game One, the Cardinals made two errors and the Tigers made three errors. Yeah, I mean, damn, was, dude, good memory. Yeah, it was just piss poor the whole fucking series. I think the Cardinals won four zero. Uh, four one. Four one. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it, it was terrible baseball. Yeah. Well, the, um, I'm looking, just looking at the summaries of each game here. And every, 
every team made an error except the Cardinals went one went the Cardinals went two games without an error. The Tigers made an error in every single game. So yeah, it was just a really badly played series. Yeah. Man, I don't I don't remember that. Well, I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, I do remember David Eckstein was the World Series MVP. I do remember him winning the World Series MVP. So right. I guess I remember that part of it. But yeah, Cardinal. I wish the Tigers were would come back and be good again. I I, I miss them being being a good team. But um, all right. <clears throat> Let's see. Oh, speaking of the World Series, it's going on right now. We won't go into that, but um, Tampa's winning in Game Two, six to three in the seventh inning. So yep. we're we're hoping that the Dodgers don't sweep because nobody wants the Dodgers to win, except for the few LA Dodgers fans out there. Yeah, I, I no, I uh, shut up. I don't want to hear it. Don't no, tell me you want the Dodgers to win. No, I I mean like this. World Series, I have like zero rooting interest. I mean, yeah. you know, for Tampa, it's their would be their first win, but I also don't like Tampa because they shouldn't have a baseball team. Nobody, <laughs> nobody cares. cares about baseball in Florida. Get rid right. of all, you actually get rid of all sports in Florida. Yeah. You fucking give a shit. Okay. Pro yeah. sports. And then the Dodgers, you know, they're the, you know, like, quote unquote, evil empire, but they don't fucking win. And, you know, I mean, yeah. it's been like 35 years. So honestly, and and I'd like to see Kershaw win one. Yeah, Ker- I do like Kershaw. Yeah. And yeah, and he's. He, you know, no matter what you say about all the other great pitcher, quote, great pitchers in the game, Clayton Kershaw is the best p- pitcher of the last 10 years, without a doubt. Yeah. And, well, I mean, I mean, I would go as far to say he is m- maybe the best pitcher of, you know, like the last 20 years, possibly. Yeah, probably, probably of the century so far. I mean, he is people want to point out like how bad he is in the postseason actually look it up he's not that bad in the fucking postseason right yeah (laughs) yeah and he you know he's the only his only problem is injuries Mm -hmm. and you know is he is he going to stick around long enough but if you look at his numbers he's he's solid at year in and year out yep Yep. he just has that fucked up back yeah yeah which is just one of those things that, you know, it's not even anything you can do about. Right. There, there's nothing you can even do about it. You know, it's kind of like you know, um, Rizzo. I mean, it's just right. You're yeah. going to have that annual back problem. Yeah. So. Every once in a while it comes up and you're going to miss a couple of games and then you just have to hope you get through it. So yeah. have you yeah. ever had back problems? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've had um, um, increasing back problems in the last five years, but I, uh, I've like thrown quote unquote, thrown my back out doing some pretty, pretty unrealistic things though. So, you know, I fucked up my back by one time by watching football for like 14 hours. I was, <laughs> I was kind of slouched in the same position. No, I got up to pee, got up to eat, but, 
I mean, there was minimal movement that day. And I, <laughs> you know, around 11 o'clock at night, I'm watching post game, blah, blah, blah. And I <laughs> go to get another piece of pizza from the kitchen and as i'm walking from the couch to the kitchen my back is like seizing up and i'm like oh shit this isn't good and i thought i'd walk it off no totally was fucked up for a week oh man um um, i fucked it up by picking up a napkin off the floor (laughs) um by picking up a 12 pack of ginger ale and it's always it's like quick movements like bending over so yeah yeah i mean it's always weird shit and i mean i've like done it when i'm doing like um um yard work it like bent over for like four hours and right yeah next day i'll like go to turn and it fucks up so yeah yeah i mean in the last like five years it's been a problem i've kind of protected it this year by just being being more mindful so yeah so yeah how about you i i've i i actually had more problems than i used than i have now i used to have more problems in um in 2013 I got a standing desk at work. Mm -hmm. And up until that point, I had back problems all the time. And then once I started standing at work, I started by standing half the day. And then I would stand all but two hours of the day. And then I would stand all but the last half hour. But the last like five years, I just stand all throughout the day. And then I just sit when somebody comes and talks to me. But um standing made all the difference to me. It was, I think it was just sitting for nine hours a day that really messed up my back. But, uh, and I still have the occasional, like um, twice in the past couple of months, I've woken up on a Saturday with kind of a stiff, sore back and kind of moving gingerly Mm -hmm. and thinking like, oh shit, I shouldn't do, I shouldn't, do the grocery delivery thing today, but I kind of forced myself out there to do it. And then within a couple of hours, it's almost like it, it opens up and and I'm fine. So I think, but that's a little bit different than what I have normally, um, experienced when my, when my back is hurt, but, um, I, it, I'm surprised that it hasn't happened Because for the past, excuse me, the past seven months, I've been working from home and I've just been sitting at this kitchen table every day. Mm -hmm. And even though I have a standing desk, I don't use it here because it's the stupidest thing because I don't have my shoes on and I don't have a mat to stand on. So like if I just spent 45 bucks on a good mat and wore my shoes, I'd be fine. But I don't. But I I haven't I haven't had any more back problems, so it's surprising to me that I haven't. But um, yeah, I I think a lot of it has to do with you know just getting older. You're going to have problems, but also you know you said being mindful. There are certain things that I do that I know. Okay, my back's going to hurt. Yeah, like anytime I have to carry something heavy, 
I'm very careful of how I carry it because it's going to hurt. It, it's going to make my back hurt, you know, and I've all, I've never been as strong as I want to be. And I always think, you know, if you just made yourself stronger, you wouldn't have these problems, but it hasn't been enough of a motivation to do it yet. So we'll see. Clayton Kershaw has back problems and he makes $33 million a year though. So it's not limiting him too much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I was listening to Mark Marin has been doing these um, Instagram, Instagram live things every morning for the past month or so. Not every morning, just like four or five times a week. And um, he brought up the other day how exciting it was. Oh, no, it was in an interview. He was talking to Wayne Coyne of the Flaming Lips. And they were talking about how exciting it was when a new, like, fast food restaurant came to your town. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking how rare it is to get new I mean, you get new locally owned restaurants and those are great. Like I'm, I'm all for locally owned restaurants and I go to locally owned restaurants all the time, but it's pretty rare to get new chain restaurants in the area anymore, isn't it? Like the only ones I can think of recently are Mod Pizza. Like fast food? I mean... Fast food or fast casual, like Chipotle. I remember it being a big deal when Chipotle opened, and that's not fast food. It's like fast casual, they say. But Well, I mean, no. Those are just hipsters that are trying to fool you. I mean, that's right. fast food. Okay? That's like dirtier food than Taco Bell. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they want to pass it off as, like, fucking healthy, but when you eat there and you get sick that's a fucking problem. Yeah. Yeah. Like to me, it's funny because to me, there's, there's way too many, there's way too many chains opening shit up. I, it's a, that's a fucking pandemic. (laughs) Well, I mean, but there, there, and there are like, there's, there's a new Culver's going in Highland. There's a new Culver's going in St. John. Um, Culver's is going all over the place. Um, but there, there aren't any new, new ones that are coming from like other parts of the country to here. Right. I mean, probably, no. probably what the last one was like five guys. And that's like, even right. Yeah. It. Yeah. Five guys. Yeah. I forgot about five guys, but five guys, mod pizza, um, Chipotle, um, um, Jimmy John's like a long time ago, but I don't know. I mean, it, it just, it, I mean, I must not be too upset about it. Cause really the only one I ever go to is McDonald's and Subway. Right. You know, I, I'm, I don't, do I go to any others? I don't do. Have I talked about others? I don't know. We don't go to fucking Popeye's. That's for sure. We haven't got their chicken sandwich yet. <laughs> <laughs> But, oh, and I, yeah, I mean, I go to Mod Pizza a few times a year. Have you been to Mod Pizza? Um, just when you and oh, I, I were picked it up, right? going to yeah. Food Fest. I picked it, you, you picked it up once, I picked it up once, but. Um, 
it's good. It's like good, simple pizza. You know, it, it's it is. I got like freaked out because a few months ago, uh, Emily's boss ate there uh, at one on the like in Hyde Park or whatever. And he got pretty bad food poisoning or oh, like, really uh, wherever he lives, actually. So so I yeah. got a little hesitant. But yeah, yeah. I mean, when uh, you and I had it. um. Um, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's good. And the the thing is, it's such a simple, a simple pizza, you know, um, and it's, it's hard to screw that, <laughs> screw that up, you right. know, it, but it's also hard to make it really good too, you know, but, um, man, I'm, I miss getting food and going to brew fest. I do too, man. We have to hook that back up then what's funny is like before covid Brewfest was pretty much social distance anyway because when we went there weren't many people there that's true yeah so i mean i kind of wonder if it's the same yeah or more because people are more antsy to get out there are times i pass it and it seems packed but yeah, there were times we went there and the parking lot was full and there were like six people in there. Yeah. You wonder where everyone is. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, part of that is that you and I usually went on Tuesday nights, you know, so those aren't exactly big go out nights, you know, so we kind of kind of had the place to ourselves. But um, yeah. All right. Well, maybe we'll we'll check it out at some point. Have you ever been there when it's crowded? Um, I think we were there a couple times when it was busier than usual. I mean, not, yeah. I haven't been there when it was like wall to wall people. Yeah. We went there one time when it was absolutely packed and there was a like somebody had had a birthday party or something and there was glitter all over the floor. <laughs> And the strip club or brew fest? <laughs> no, yeah, it was brew fest. <laughs> and we literally thought we, we were not going to find a place to sit. And it just so happened that somebody got up to leave just as we got there to, to have a seat. So we were able to, to get a table. But that was the most packed. And that was, a, that was a Saturday night in January, I think. So it was, you know, it's, of course, it's going to be packed on a Saturday. And, you know, Saturdays in January, people are probably itching to get out and whatever. But yeah, I mean, I, I would have felt better about it in warmer weather where we could go sit outside, right. you know, because now we're getting to the point where you don't really want to sit outside anymore. So I know. I mean, I, there are all these restaurants and bars in the city that are doing extended like outside seating and they're putting in like heaters and tents and shit but right i mean i don't know i hope it works it just doesn't seem all that comfortable yeah yeah well <laughs> there's um in new buffalo there's that um brew church that there's a church that used to be or a brewery that used to be, it's in the building that used to be right. occupied by a church and in their courtyard seating, they have these plastic domes and they had them, they had them before COVID. 
Um, okay. I think they were, I don't really know what the purpose of them were before. Um, I don't know if they were somehow cooled or whatever, or maybe just to pr- provide protection from the rain or what, but I, I saw them there, um, late last summer. Um, so I don't, but those are ideal now, you know, just to have, to be able to sit outside. Although, I mean, are you really outside if you have a plastic dome around you? <laughs> you right. <laughs> you're kind of, kind of stretching the, uh, the idea of being outside, but, um, I don't know. And <laughs> the flaming lips is coming up twice on one episode, but, um, did you see that they, they did a concert where, everybody in the audience was in plastic bubbles. No. So I, I, Wayne Coyne was talking about this in an interview that he, he had the idea and, and Wayne Coyne is always doing like, he, he's an out of the box thinker and just listening to him talk, he has just like cool ideas and stuff, but he had this idea before COVID. And then like with COVID, it makes even more sense where everybody in the audience gets, gets their own plastic bubble. And then every, the band is playing in their own plastic bubble too. So each member of the band is in a plastic bubble. And I don't know how it works acoustically. Like, I don't know how good those things are in like letting you hear what's going on, but it's, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of a neat way to be able to get people together to, to, you know, listen to a concert. Right. Um, I think I'll pass. I, I I'll definitely pass, but I mean, I think the like, does it get like fogged up from your breath and shit? And does see, it like, yeah, does it start to smell like your mask from the breath? Right, <laughs> right. and then the other bubble. <laughs> and the the other thing is that you know, how's everybody getting in these bubbles? Are you are you getting in the bubbles before you get into the venue? Right. And if you're not, then is it even worth, I mean, I guess you're limiting your exposure by going in the bubbles, but, um, I don't know. It, 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 it sort of feels like, um, some places are doing stand up comedy and drive in theaters Okay, where people just like sit in their cars and then the comedian goes up in front of everybody. And instead of laughing, you like flick your headlights <laughs> which it just seems like, yeah, right. I think, I think I'll just wait, you know, right. Like, (laughs) I don't, I don't know. It, if, if I went to something like that, it would be, it wouldn't be with the expectation of it being a good show. It would be with the expectation of this is a snapshot in time and this is what's happening. And I want to be a part of it, you know, but, um, I don't know. I think it's the, that's just one of those things that's just going to have to wait until you can all be together again. Mm-hmm. If that ever happens. Well, I mean, you know, uh, bands think so. I mean, there's a shit ton of concerts on the docket for next year. Yeah. Yeah. I saw Pearl Jam's playing a festival. I, well, they've got a few festivals, don't they? Scheduled for next year, I think. Um, I, th- or I saw that they just, what was the one they just announced? 
um, I, I don't remember. I don't know. I think in London or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. I, they, oh, uh, Pink Pink Pop Festival. Oh, oh and, and uh, uh, yeah, Pink Pop is in the Netherlands, I think. Yeah, dude, you know your festivals. Hey, man, I'm on top of it. Yeah, um, June, yeah, June 16th, 17th, and 20th, they're in the Netherlands. So they're thinking optimistically. That must be so frustrating to have literally just released an album and you have this huge tour set up and, and you can't do it. I heard, uh, are you a Patti Smith fan? Um, I know I know the popular songs. I don't know her catalog. So yeah, yes, no. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't, she's, she's one of those I should probably get into because I know she's good, but I don't. Yeah, I, I, uh, she was, she was a guest on WTF the other day and it was an interesting conversation because she knew William Burroughs and Allen Ginsberg and all, you know, these beat guys and she was friends with Bob Dylan and, um, she was, you know, telling all of these stories and, and she performed, um, the Bob Dylan song, Hard Rain okay. at, when Bob Dylan got the Nobel prize for literature a couple years ago, she performed his song. And if you, if you haven't ever watched this, I I had never heard that this happened, but they talked about it during the interview and it's so awesome. She's performing this Bob Dylan song and about halfway through the song, she forgets the lyrics. Okay. And she's performing it with an orchestra. Like there's an entire orchestra there and it's going great. And then you can just see that she's like tripped up on some lyrics. Okay. And she just stops and she apologizes. And she's like, I'm just so nervous. And like, I'm sorry. And all these dignitaries, like the king and queen of Sweden. And like, they, they pan the audience. You, you can tell there's people there from all over the world. Everybody just starts applauding because you can tell it's such a vulnerable moment. And she's so like, like genuinely distraught that she messed up this song and everybody is, it's kind of like, like they're all saying you can do it, like just relax and do it. And then she starts over and she does it. And it's, it's, it's really awesome. And she does the song really well, but, um, Mark Marin recommended listening to her record horses. Okay. So I started listening to that. And I got through three songs. I'm like, I, I can't do this. Like, it's just, it's not my thing. So I'll go back to it and check it out, I think. But in the moment, I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe Patti Smith just isn't for me. I think it's one of those artists you have to have in the background at first. I mean. Oh, yeah, it could be. I mean, I always say like, I mean, it takes greatness to sit down and we'll listen to music will just focus on it and it'd be awesome yeah i mean i mean it takes some fucking real good shit usually i mean i mean you, you have to be listening in a certain way 
So, yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I'm always, you're, you're, anyone who listens knows that you're much more the music person on the podcast than I am. But, um, when I don't listen to the radio so much anymore, but when I was listening to like XRT all the time, I would, it would always amaze me that I would learn any new songs because I'm so anti songs that I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, and usually if a song came on that I didn't know, I would change the channel, but somehow I'm learning new songs and I'm learning new artists and I'm appreciating new songs. So it must just be the process of getting, you know, a little bits and pieces at a time. Oh yeah. Know? Yeah. Kind of even, even like getting that kind of prejudgment out of there. Yeah. You know, like hearing it, then like right away thinking, okay, I haven't heard this. It's new or no, I don't want to, I'm, uh, I'm going to turn it off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also think sometimes I do better if I don't know anything about it going in. Oh yeah. And if, sure. if I, if I don't know, if I don't know, like, okay, this record is supposed to be good or these are supposed to be the good songs off of this. I think I feel a, a greater appreciation for the thing overall. Cause like I think of the, the album up by REM, which if you're naming the top five REM albums up probably isn't even on there, you know, but I love it. And I think the only reason that I even gave it a chance was because I was really into them at the time. And I, I hadn't heard, they weren't playing any of it anywhere. You know, I don't think there's a radio hit at all on that album. Yeah. But I I just listened to it, you know, from front to back over and over and over again. And, you know, 20 years later, I'm still listening to it. You know, I'm, I listened to, to that more than like, you know, Fables of the Reconstruction or, or Monster, or, you know, whatever else they did, right. you know. No, Which um... also. So it makes me think maybe I should go back and listen to those other ones and see what I'm missing. Oh, hell yeah. Like Murmur and... Murmur, Green. yeah. Yeah. Oh. What was the one? Murmur and what? Green. Green, yeah. Um, Life's Rich Pageant is awesome. I, They're just fucking awesome. They are. <laughs> they, they are. Yeah. Document, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We didn't even mention out of time. Oh yeah. Out of time. Which like anybody our age, you know, that that's the one that came out and was huge with, um, losing my religion and, um, shiny, happy people. Right. Oh my God. And probably one of my favorites is new adventures in hi-fi. Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. No, a lot. No, I, this is anecdotal, but no, I, for me, I like it when bands write albums on the road, like they write shit during sound check, they write shit while jamming and jamming in the hotel. And it like, to me, the bands I'm into more often than not those quote unquote, like casual throwaway albums end up being the best ones i think like new adventures that's all sound check shit i mean they're hanging out um vitalogy was 
right written on the road that's all sound check shit um yeah you know they're whoa i dropped my glass if if you just heard a crazy sound my glass dropped um Uh, um, but yeah when when i think of new adventures in hi-fi my favorite song off that is ebo the letter although bittersweet me and electrolyte are both freaking great too but ebo the letter um is an awesome song and i'm just looking it up here and patty smith added vocals on that song i didn't even know patty smith was on that song but apparently she is so yeah have you seen um i watched this the other day um i think it might have been at the rock and roll hall of fame eddie vetter joined them for man on the moon Oh yeah. Yeah. That was back in like Oh four something. Yeah. I don't know the year, but it was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, Uh you know, it's not a, it's not a song that he would normally do or that Pearl Jam would normally do, but he added some cool stuff to it. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. All right. Well, I, I feel like I've been a negligent father and my kids don't know REM well enough. So I'm going to bring it out. I'm going to start introducing those, uh, weird ass lyrics that Michael Stipe doesn't even know what the hell they mean. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I saw an interview one time with Brett Michaels Mm -hmm. who was lamenting the fact that nobody ever considered him a great lyricist. (laughs) And, um, he was saying, you know, you, the stuff that I write, nobody's ever going to, cons- is ever going to be, no one's ever going to think the stuff that I write is great. You have to write obscure stuff like Michael Stipe. And so nobody knows what the hell it means. And then they're going to think it's great. Right. Well, I, and I thought, well, I mean, what are you writing, Brett Michael? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's envy and jealousy. Right. That isn't necessarily true because I mean, you know, you, know what like um you usually actually know what a lot of people are fucking talking about i mean like right bruce springsteen i mean that shit's pretty forward i mean it's right um no i think so brett michael like when you write lyrics like unskinny bop like what (laughs) does that even mean (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck does that mean but you know take the ever popular every rose has its thorn those lyrics are really good yeah it's a good sad love song i but yeah I, he probably has written some really good lyrics out there i mean yeah i mean i haven't like delved into the whole catalog i you know, he, uh, he used to like Poison in the 80s because of C.C. Uh, C. DeVille. The yeah. lead guitarist was was awesome. But, I mean, you know, there's there's some shit there too that he's writing. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you mentioned Unskinny Bop, but Talk Dirty to Me, that's a fucking great song. Yeah, I, that's Nothing a, but a good time. So, that's pretty clever. Yeah. Pretty clever lyrics. Yeah. Look what the cat dragged in. Although is that a, is that an original? I don't know if that's an original. I don't know. I, yeah. 
Oh my God, look what the cat dragged in. <laughs> oh man. All of a sudden I'm like 10 years old again listening to this stuff. Poisons. Oh, your mama don't dance. That's definitely not an, an original, is it? No, that's Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins wrote your mama don't dance and your daddy don't rock and roll. I, I got to listen to the Kenny Loggins version. Loggins and Messina. All right. Um, also, you know, we can't let the REM conversation go by without the um, without mentioning my skipping of class one day to write out the lyrics to It's the End of the World as We Know It. Oh, yeah. And I can still sing that song, which is not nothing, you know? Yeah, I, it takes talent. <laughs> I don't know if it takes talent. It takes persistence. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's one of those songs that, you know, everybody knows or everybody has heard. But I I think if you think of REM, like, I don't know if you necessarily think of that song, you know, they have so many. I actually, actually I do. I think that's a popular quintessential song by them. I I mean, actually, actually I would, I would. I would say to the casual fan, that's probably in their top five easily. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think so. All right. I mean, I mean, I I think it's, I think it's one of those songs that people don't even realize it's them that do. No, I think a lot of the, I think their, their original fans, their older fans. So like people like, uh, my brother and your sister's age, they yeah. actually m- might have kind of left off REM with Monster, actually. Yeah. I think. So, you know, I think that 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 early shit that like 84 to, to like 90, 93 was so huge and you know for them maybe their pinnacle was automatic for the people possibly or oh yeah i mentioned green earlier um no yeah i don't it's i don't know that's what i think i I think i think there's a there's a there's a divide i i think okay yeah Man, I I think you know I'm an REM fan, but just looking at their <laughs> at their discography here, I forgot how great some of this stuff is. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at these albums and you just look at some of the songs on them, and you're oh yeah, I forgot they did Shiny Happy People, and oh yeah, I forgot they did Everybody Hurts, and oh yeah, I forgot they did you know even all, like all the way to Reno, which is right. just a freaking fantastic song. Well, or, they even like hope to forget that um, they just shiny, happy people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm I, sure. I remember watching MTV when they were kicking off the monster tour. And you now I think it was like Kurt Loder or, 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 or Tabitha. Soren asked if they're going to do that song. And like Mike Mills just like laughed at them and said, no. Yeah. <laughs> We're not doing that song ever again. <laughs> yeah. That's, 
that's one of those that you're just kind of, you know, is, is that really this band doing this? You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. But, um, gosh, monster. What's the frequency? Kenneth crush with eyeliner, king of comedy. I don't sleep. I dream star 69 strange currencies like that. Oh man. All right. Well, listen to Monster by REM. That's my record recommendation for the for this for this show. That and Patty Smith to see if you can figure out Patty Smith any better than, <laughs> any better than I can. <laughs> Someone's listening and cursing me right now for not appreciating Patty Smith, but Yeah, I mean, hey. I mean, no, they probably don't appreciate a band you're into, so Yeah. All good. I watched, um, I was, I've been hanging out with my dad a lot recently and he likes this television, television show monk. Mm. Did you ever see this? Yeah. So, um, one of my patients when I was doing home therapy loved monk. So when I went over there like twice a week, that was always on and like, there were t- there were times she's like tell me about the show and like you no know, like a few minutes of the session was filling me in on what was happening. <laughs> Although the fucking show had like there it's in reruns on on USA, right? Yeah, I we were actually watching it on on one of your favorite channels today, um, the Hallmark Network. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're only a few weeks away (laughs) yeah yeah we are which okay the reason i brought this up like monk is it's i had always heard how great it was and i think my mom really liked it i think i remember my mom saying that she that she watched it um and kind of recommending it to me but it's it's been off the air 11 years oh it went off in 2009. It was on 2002 to 2009. Like if you would have, if you would have asked me what years Monk were, was on, I would have said like, uh, 2010 to 2017. Right. Like I had no idea it was that long ago. It is. And I, I had never watched an episode up until I started going to my dad's like a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. but it is really funny. And like it's a little like the way they wrap things up by the end of the episode, it's a little like simplistic cheesiness. Right. But um it, it's it's an it's a really entertaining show. Like if you've never watched it, like check it out because it, I'm surprised I was surprised I liked it so much. But um the theme song is by Randy Newman. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a song called It's a Jungle Out There that Randy Newman right wrote and performed and randy newman like is just the best like (laughs) if you don't know randy newman ignore what i said about rem and go listen to randy newman because that guy has some of the best set satirical like songs just ever he's do you listen to a lot of randy newman no i actually um, wasn't listening to really any until a while, like several years ago, you had mentioned him. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, it, he, <laughs> Randy Newman is, he was, he was a guest on WTF, which I, you know, of course I mention all the fucking time, but, um, and he was so honest on there because, you know, um, uh, Mark, <laughs> Mark Marin was like, um, asking him about, how where he gets inspiration and you know all of this stuff and he he basically said like i get inspiration from having to pay bills okay and, and like when when i need money i go in and i write more songs and record more songs and people like it and that's how i'm creative <laughs> and and mark Marin didn't want to accept that and he's like no that like every once in a while i need to go and record something to make money and that's what i do and that's how he's like done it the entire time. He just, it's like he can turn his creativity on and he's just like, okay, it's time to be creative. So if you don't know Randy Newman, listen to the album, Good Old Boys, and just listen to the first two songs, Rednecks and Birmingham. And those two songs, especially Rednecks, if you just listen to that song, you're just going to be like, what the hell is he talking about? And then you're if if you're of a certain political persuasion, you're going to be cheering by the end. <laughs> it's fantastic. All right. Um, I'm a... <laughs> I'm a little worried about Zencaster. Do you see the difference in our lines on Zencaster? Well, those are always like that. I mean, it looks like you were just talking for many minutes. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Okay. I mean, I know that I had that, had that pause while you were talking. I know, but it, uh, well, I don't know. All right. Well, ignore this. If you're listening to this, everything sounds fine. Ignore it. It's fine. Let's not make trouble for Zencaster where trouble doesn't exist. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's see. Do you ever, (laughs) I was, I was at McDonald's the other day and you're you're at your computer, right? Yeah. Pull up, do a do a quick Google search for Chevy Citation. Oh, oh, hell yeah, man! That fucking little hatchback, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you know it? Did you know it before you searched for it, or did yeah. you? Uh huh. Yeah. I mean the uh, citation and the uh, Chevette. Okay. Yeah. I, I I knew the Chevette because Matt Weldon's sister had one. Okay, and um, he she, she had a Chevette, and we piled, I think, I think nine nine or twelve kids into her Chevette to go to the Forty Nine er Drive In back when you used to pay by the carload, and it was awesome. But I saw and like you haven't I I I recognize the citation. But I had to look it up to see what it was. And I was at McDonald's a couple weeks ago and I saw a Chevy Citation in the parking lot. And I was instantly brought back to childhood. 
it was like I, I vividly remember seeing those cars around when we were kids. And it's just amazing to me that any of them are still there. Because like the Chevy Citation, that's not a car that's built to last. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so the fact that any of them are still on the road is just amazing to me. When was the last time you saw a Chevy Citation? Shit, like fucking 1993. I know, I, mean, I know. It's been a long ass time. I mean, I yeah. was... No, I think uh, I was out in out in Laporte, and I saw a uh, celebrity. Oh yeah! Like, Shout out to Dave! Yeah. <laughs> like back in like April or something. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just don't see those. I would no, no. I would love to see like like a citation and uh and an escort maybe yeah not 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 me in one because <laughs> but i mean i would like to see one out there <laughs> not me in one i'm not that hardcore i i saw probably I don't know, three or four years ago, I, re- I remember driving when I was commuting home from work with my mom and we were driving through Hammond. And for a, a little while, for a few weeks, we would see this escort and it was like probably an 84, 85 escort that looked exactly like our childhood, my childhood car. And just looking at it, it was like I was taken back like 30 years, you know, and I, I wanted to stop the guy and be like, how are you still driving? Because it wasn't even in bad shape. It it literally looked like it had been sitting in somebody's garage for years and like it wasn't rusted. It wasn't like, you know, banged up or anything. It was just like it, it wasn't pristine, but it wasn't in, in horrible shape either. And I just wanted to be like, how are you still driving this thing? You know, but yeah, that escort and the, the citation is even earlier than the escort, though. I mean, the citation is early 80s. But I still think of um, your brother always had this a Civic, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, he had two civic hatchbacks one kind of white blue one and one red one okay mm-hmm. yeah because i always and I, I i always thought those cars were so cool <laughs> like i remember going to your house and being like there's brian's brother's cool car <laughs> you know? hatchbacks are are, are uh, making a comeback are they oh yeah hatchbacks Cars are barely making a comeback, man. Everything's fucking SUVs and huge pickup trucks and stuff. All right. We made it through another episode, man. You drinking anything good? Yeah, um, I'm drinking some um, Michter's rye. 
You've done that one before. Mictors mm-hmm. is very good. And I'm drinking some Templeton rye. Uh, it's the four-year age statement, which is um, Templeton's out of Iowa. Uh, it's a very good, very, very affordable rye whiskey if you're into the spicy rye whiskey. So um, nice. the Mictors was chilled with none other than Lang Ice, of course, because I like my rye slightly chilled. Hey, make your rye happy, make your mouth happy, Lang Ice. But the Mictors was just neat, so no idea. Nice. Yep. Nice. Um, what's a good vodka? I was gonna buy some vodka, but I was like, yeah, I don't really, vodka, I don't really vodka, like vodka's funny. The 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 less you taste it, the better. Okay. Really? So I mean, like, right? Vodka. There's a lot of awesome ones out out there. Um, but one I like is uh chopin uh, it's a okay. potato vodka many people think that vodka is all potatoes it's actually not it's they're usually um it's um distilled from a wheat mash uh yeah um i i remember reading or hearing years ago like probably 10 years ago now that somebody did a taste test and like lined up all of these vodkas and like specifically two people who said that they had a preference for like gray goose or Belvedere or whatever. And that people couldn't tell a difference among the vodkas, right? That it was that vodka is one thing that's entirely branded. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's, that's what, yeah. I I mean, I think there's, there's, quality difference i think experts can tell i mean i mean i you know i probably i know i like belvedere but but honestly i would probably be one of those people who you know give me belvedere give me kettle one and i probably couldn't tell i mean yeah i get i get pissed off at people who um know you know i was at this restaurant a few years ago and this fucking just this fucking pretentious hipster dickhead um it was brunch and this asshole wanted a bloody mary and it's a fucking bloody mary okay no what are you gonna taste you're gonna taste tomato and spices okay that's pretty much it all right and he was just being a fucking dick to the way like no what kind of vodka are you putting in there i don't want well i want this and and i'm like dude i just want to fucking punch you in the face i mean realize (laughs) realize where you are right that asshole realize where you are and right uh if you're ordering vodka in a mixed drink, don't be a fucking Richard, okay? <laughs> just, fucking, don't be a... just fucking order it and drink it because you cannot fucking tell, okay? Right, this yeah. Isn't Jim Beam versus Weller foolproof bourbon here, okay? Right, <laughs> right. <I rest> right. <laughs> it's all going to be covered up anyway. Right. Yeah. What are you having? 
Uh, I'm, I just have a Founders Unraveled IPA. Mm-hmm. And um, Founders it's, it's, it's delicious. Founders is good. Yeah. So I, uh, I think I'm going to go back to some, some, uh, some whiskey here in a while, in a bit. I'm, I'm getting burnt out on beer and right, yeah. need, need something a little different. So I think there might be, uh, some whiskey in my future. So, so come back in the next episode to hear what Brett's drinking. All right. I'm, oh, by the way, a little coffee update. I'm almost through the entire jar of Cafe Bustello. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's become a morning ritual for me to have, more cafe bustello than i should but um i like it so the coffee the coffee is starting to take um all right well that's it for this time so come back soon and we'll have another episode where we talk about more cool stuff so tell somebody else to give us their ears so they can listen to catch you later bye-bye